I'm just sitting here, well, now standing here this morning, and looking at all that's been said, the songs we've sung, and I think God's um, orchestrating things amazingly to just hit everybody on on something here, and um, and I to draw him, draw you closer to him in some way. Um, Scott and I, uh, we were asked to to share this time. We both came up with uh, two different. Um, thoughts to speak on and um, when we came together with with Ben we realized that's kind of two sides of the same coin um, so we're gonna get into this here we're going to I'm gonna talk about mystery all right and you might think how does that fit in but we're gonna go there all right so I'm confident that there's something about us something within us that was made for mysterious things for the mystery, for, for the unknown. Um, I mean, don't we get excited or energized when there's something uh, amazing, something new, something different, um, or even an adventure to go on? It just it brings something us out in us. And then on top of that, there's um, you know when that we're pursuing that wonder or that that amazement. It, it brings out and it, and it spurns us on to great things. Um, there's two, there's actually two examples. One um, was an uh, unplanned one. A couple minutes, well, maybe like five minutes before the service this morning, uh, Silas, my four-year-old, was running around with some of the other kids. He stopped by, by us and he said to Lindsay and I, he said, we're, we're on a search for the mysterious it's just like it's ingrained in him you know he's got to search for something mysterious but um my other example i had actually planned was you know we just celebrated the 50th anniversary of the landing on the moon and you know there's different factors that went into that the cold war was a part of that um, bringing that about but there's also just our country coming behind that thought that plan to put someone on the moon and the amazement of, of doing that and seeing what was there on the moon um, with, within our, our very own eyesight with pictures and bringing back rocks. But then there's the other hand. There's, we have those mysteries around us that we ignore. Um, there are oftentimes we see there's something mysterious in life and, and something that, that we see day to day. And as time goes on, that mystery fades. And or sometimes we know the details of things, and we like we lose sight of that wonder, and we get to the point where we can't see the forest for the trees, right? As an example, we were talking about um, the the landing on the moon, and of course we can tell you who landed, who's the first person to walk on the moon, but who's the first person in the International Space Station? Anybody keep track of that? I mean, that's still an amazing feat, right? But we've been in the, out in outer space, and you know, we, we don't pay attention to those things. Now, <clears throat> I bet you've lost sight of, of other mysteries, and, and one might be the mystery of an egg turning it into a chicken. Now, I mean, we all know that happens, and we can go through and study the different steps of of how that happens, how the chick forms in the egg and then hatches, hatches. And it's, you know, 
the intellectual knowledge, and we can know that, and we can say, yeah, that happens. But it's a completely different story if we're sitting there, watching, waiting for that little chick to crack open that egg and pop out. I mean, it's, so in, you can also see it, I mean, you can also see if you're teaching a small child that same concept as that doesn't know it, that this, you know, this white thing that if they found it on the ground, they think ah, maybe it's a rock or, or something. But this little cute, cuddly, peeping animal pops out of it, and you could just see amazement coming through in their eyes. So we know there's mysterious things around us, and that we can we can come uh, complacent with it and see them as as mundane. Are there other things that we do it with? Do we do it with God? Do you know? at least by my account, that in Paul's letters, at least seven time, 17 times, he uses the word mystery, or the concept of mystery. Um, it's, it's also in the Old Testament, in the Gospels, um, and other um, parts of the New, Te- New Testament. But we're going to look at Colossians 1, 24 through 29, and see what Paul has to say here. He says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints, to them God chose to make known How great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. So Paul is telling us, the mystery of the universe and everything that's in it right now. Now, what, what is it? It's Jesus. It's Christ. But I don't know about you. There's some times where it's happened even while I was typing this out. You get that feeling, that, that, uh, that doubt creeping in. Is, is this it? I mean, is he it? Just Jesus. Paul kind of addresses this, and let's, let's look at it. So, where am I? I've lost myself in my notes. Here we go. All right, Paul says, the mystery was hidden, but now it's revealed. Now, he's not saying that um, every detail of the mystery is revealed to us. No, he's saying that Jesus, in all of his mystery, was revealed to us. So what is, what is this mystery of Jesus? What is so mysterious about him? Paul, again, addresses it, but he addressed it prior to all this in Colossians 1, 15 through 23. We're going to go through this kind of step by step or, and, and parse things out here, so bear with me. He starts, and he says, He is the image of the invisible God. How do you have an image of something that's invisible? Um, now, Paul's not saying that 
you know, the face of Jesus was the very physical face of God, right? We know that. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that Jesus was, his nature was that of God, that he was fully God, and we also know he's fully man. That's a mystery. You think about that. Um, but because of this, because he was fully God and fully man, because he's fully man, we can relate to him, and he can relate to us. At the same time, he communes with the rest of the God, um, which is something we could not do. And we, we know that in Hebrews that he says, or we are told that he, is, um, he intercedes for us, and he is our high priest. Uh, he could not do this if he weren't both fully God and fully man. We also know he's part of the Trinity. And we can talk about God being three in one all the time, but how many times do we really think and delve into that thought? It's something we can't, we can't contain or can't wrap our minds around. Going on, he says he's the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. I heard this a little while ago, and I found it amazing. I think you will too, but it, I think it puts things in a little perspective for us. The Voyager 2 spacecraft, it's reached, recently, I think it was in November, it reached one billion miles away from Earth. Okay? It's past all the planets of the solar system. It's reading the, reaching the hour limits of our solar system. And it's re heading right now, they directed its course towards Sirius. It's the fifth closest star to us. And it's traveling at 40,000 miles per hour. Now, it's only going to take that, that Voyager 2 to get to, that, to Sirius, that star, 296,000 years to get there. How big is our universe? Now, this is the fifth closest star. How many stars are in our universe, in our galaxy? Does your world just shrink right now? All of that was made by him, through him, and for him. That's our physical realm. There's a spiritual realm out there, too. There are angels, demons, heaven, hell. How much, I mean, can, can that be any less impressive than our physical universe? He made all that. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Remember, we just talked about the whole created realm, physical and and spiritual. Now think about, about all the atoms, the energy, the space, the expanse that our universe is in. He holds that all together. There's not one single speck that changes, that moves without his saying it can. He's in control of it all. Moving on, and he's the head of the body, the church. What do we think of when we hear that phrase and we think of mystery? What do we think of? We jump to Ephesians 5, and Paul says the role of, roles of hus husband and wife are mirrors of Christ in the church, and that this is a mystery. We are his bride. He is our groom. He is bound to us, and we are bound to him. 
He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. So he is the beginning. Before anything else was, he was. He was eternal. He, he is eternal and outside of time. I mean, you, uh, verses like Psalm in the Psalms where it says that a day to God is like a thousand years to us kind of puts that into perspective a little bit. Firstborn from the dead, he's the first to have the res- resurrected life, one that will not pass away. Now we know there, there are resurrections from the dead like Lazarus, but he still died again. Jesus, is, his body is not pass away again. And as an uh, example, it's a, it, he's modeling for us what, what is yet to come for us. In everything that he might be preeminent, he deserves all glory, honor, and praise for what he has done. And we see it in, in Revelation at the end, when everything's uh, peeled back, um, every knee, we're told every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Moving on, verse 19, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. All the things that are broken in our lives and the lives of those around us, our friends, family, everything that's broken in our culture, in this world, the blood he shed on that cross is enough to fix all of it. And he is bringing us back into relationship like, like he had with Adam. Well, even better, he's bringing the world back into perfection like the Garden of Eden. It isn't there yet. It's probably going to get worse at times. But when we know that when all is said and done, that it will be done and it's going to be done through that sacrifice of the cross. And you who were once alienated in a hostile mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach for him. He is the holy, perfect one. We were enemies to him. Our sin made us detestable to him. The presence of sin in our lives provokes his wrath, as Scott mentioned. Can you imagine the full wrath of God, what it would be like if it was poured out on your soul? I can't, I can't imagine what that would be like. But that wrath was poured out on Jesus, and he took on the sins of the world. And not only did he take those sins, he didn't just wipe us clean, but he covered us in his holiness. I mean, we're not just white sheets, but now we're beautiful, radiant, and full color. All those thoughts, they're just a, a drop in the bucket in that endless ocean and sea that we sang about this morning. When we, uh, it's, it's just a, an inkling of, of who Jesus is. We didn't talk about the character of God, his love, his justice, mercy, faithfulness. Um, you start to get dig into those, and that, that mystery just grows. Now, I've kind of led, led you astray a little bit. 
Yeah, I confess, this isn't the full mystery. There's a phrase in there that I kind of skipped over, passed over, and for a point for us to think about it. Um, we're going to look at it here. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ, not just Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory. In you, in me, that mystery is that we talked about, Jesus. He is accessible to us. He is working us, in us. He is inside of us. And this is the greatest mystery. And Scott talked about um, not allowing, or not viewing Jesus as being convenient. Um, and the tough words that Jesus had of, um, you know, having father and son and throwing those things out compared to him, um, or even uh, as parallel to, the, to that, the parable of the rich young ruler who um, he told to, to sell everything in the same vein and follow him. And you got to think, you know, if the, that rich young ruler, if he looked past just the physical presence of Jesus, and, and um, yeah, he's a great rabbi, a great teacher, but saw that mystery behind that, that face, would he have walked away sad like he did? Or would he have been like the man in the parable of the, the pearl of great price or the, the treasure um, in the field where he would sell everything to get that treasure, that pearl, and that mystery. Now, I know for me, I get caught up in life and the world and our two boys running around and dealing with finances and putting food on the table and, and all those things and lose sight of, of that mystery. And you know, I, I get to the point where, again, it's, yeah, and, and the egg becomes a chicken and I'm a Christian, and Jesus lives inside me. You know, he's that light that's kind of inside me. He's there. No, it should be the mystery of the universe that's, that's in here. He's, he's here. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Let us not become complacent. Let's ask for the hidden things and push further up and into the mystery that, Je uh, that is Jesus who lives inside of us. I'm going to pray right now before the uh, worship team comes up to give us our last song. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you for the mystery that you are, um, for the price of the 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 treasure that you are. And um, you call us to great things. You call us to, to give up um, so much, but we get so much more in return. Um, just, we ask that you just keep that in, ever present in our minds, that we can w begin to walk more fully in, in, um, in having you before us and the mystery of who you are and the treasure of who you are. Um, in us and, and through our lives and pouring out into the, to those around us. God, thank you for this time to be together and, and, and uh, just pray that you um, go forth among us as we 
walk out of this building today and, uh, and uh, just may your presence um, be felt among us. Amen.